What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human beings too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how many years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual combo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. We are so grateful that you're here. So if you enjoy this podcast and want to connect further, we invite you to follow along on Instagram at what the actual fork pod and subscribe, rate and review our podcast so we can continue to share this message with more and more people. Now let's get into it. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of What the Actual Fork podcast. Today, you have Jenna and an incredible guest. We are sending Sammy so much love. Um, the stomach flu has hit the Previtt household, and we are sending all of our good vibes and Clorox energy to their way <laughs> um, because that is no fun. But I am here today with Jeff Ash, who you might know as intuitive.eating.men on Instagram. Jeff is a certified nutritionist, personal trainer, intuitive eating coach, and also the host of the Men's Intuition Podcast, where he seeks to encourage other men, also everyone, to transform their relationship with food, exercise, Size and body without restriction, guilt, or shame, which I have to say, I feel like, and I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but I feel like your niche is so rare and I'm so excited to see someone filling it. And I want to learn more about how that happened and, you know, everything about how you came to take up this space on the internet. So we are so happy that you are here. Before I hear that story, if you've ever listened to our podcast, we always kick off our podcast episodes with a what the actual fork moment from our guest. And since it's just the two of us, maybe you and I can go back and forth today. I don't Mm -hmm. even know if I have one, but I'll think. But if there's any has been anything recently for you that has literally stopped you in your tracks and said what the actual fork as it relates to diet culture space, anything that comes to mind for you? Yes. And in fact, I was, I, I prepared for this ahead oh. of time. because Actually, <laughs> I listened to your podcast. And in fact, your podcast was one of the first ones that I started listening to when I was transitioning from your typical fitness oriented way of, of dealing with nutrition and, and training to a weight neutral and intuitive eating approach. And so, so it's really cool Thank that, yeah, you. I mean, you guys <laughs> were, were very instrumental in me learning a lot about intuitive eating and we and had similar paths then. I can't wait to get into yeah. this. Oh, and that means so much. Well, I can't wait to hear what your, what the actual fork moment is then. <laughs> yeah. So the, the one that stood out to me was I, I saw an ad on Instagram for, I'm not even going to say the name of the company because I don't want to. Because <laughs> then but everyone's going to get that ad. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they've all seen. It's this full body suit and and an app on your phone oh, that what they say is it's precise measurements for real results. It's a skin tight head to toe special body suit and app to precisely measure every like square inch of your body. It's even down to your hands and and everything. And, and it just, it, it's like diet culture 
on steroids. What do you do with that? Do you just like walk around your neighborhood? (laughs) Yeah, you put it on and measure, you know, and measure yourself. And they were saying things like, you know, like you're not, uh, you're not, it's not all about the scale. It's about measuring every little meticulous square inch of your body. And then, and then trying to, and some of the advertising and the way they were talking about it was just incredibly disordered. I mean, I, I don't even know any other way to, to put that, to, to think that you need to track your body changes to that level of, of meticulous. You know, what's so crazy is like, that brings up so much just stress for me, just hearing that. And I feel like the one, not the one thing, a main thing that diet culture really just loves to conveniently forget is the impact that stress has on our body and like having too much data. I was, I'm currently pregnant and I am like, I feel like I've had data overload when it comes to like mommy blogs and pregnancy, this, and all of those things that I was having this conversation with a friend recently that was like, sometimes we just know too much and it's Mm -hmm. so detrimental to our health. And like, I can't imagine that a suit like that could do anything health promoting for a human being, like anything. No, not <laughs> at all. I mean, even just thinking about the nutrition science, you know, I, I really enjoy learning about it. But there's times when I'm when it's really easy to get pulled into that and start thinking of all of the things that research has found, which might be true, may not be, but let's just you know give them the benefit of the doubt and say yes, what they what their conclusion was is actually correct. It's still when you apply it to a real human being and the the actual effect size on a person's life is zero or negative because of all right. the other areas it hits. And it's stress. just yeah, there's it's not as simple as just this this change this data point and then this data point will follow. It, it just knowing so that you come from that background too, and as do I, and I have a lot of friends in the, even the weight loss space, and I respect them as human beings and dietitians, mm-hmm. but I always. I always find it just like, I always find myself coming back to, you know, a lot of the, not the argument, but the point that many people will make, you know, on the other side of the nutrition spectrum is like how important data is. And we cannot fight that because it, you know, I ask my clients to track data all the time. Like I want to know about their poop. Like that's a huge Mm -hmm. data point, right? Like I want to know about their sleep. I want to know all of these things, but I do think that there's a point where like we can recognize that certain data points really just cause more harm Mm-hmm. and good. And I think that's like a whole conversation. I don't know if you want to go there today, but we have yeah. lots of other things to talk about, but <laughs> yeah. that's just like so interesting. And I, I think that's really where the understanding of nutrition as a science comes into play and how different methods work for different people. Yeah, that's so right? true. It's so interesting. Well, I'm going to kick it over to myself as a, what the actual fork moment. I don't know if you saw this one. I'm actually going to post it today, but Victoria... Brown, Garrick Brown, um, who Sammy, I believe, actually just went out to LA to see her, but she posted a clip of one of her podcast episodes recently where she kicked it back to like the old 90s commercial for Yo Play Yogurt, where the woman on the yogurt, like the yogurt's being like sucked in like a waste and they're like correlating, eat this yogurt, lose weight, be happy, fit into mm-hmm. your bikini. And that like itsy bitsy teeny weeny blah, like what I don't have a great voice. That song <laughs> is playing as like the girls eating her yogurt. And Victoria in her episode was talking about how like 
the quote unquote almond moms of today were raised on that message. Mm-hmm. And so when I was listening to that episode or that um like little snippet that I saw on TikTok, I was just all I could think about was how and somebody commented when I posted it there, it's like so perfectly, like how diet culture just continues to move the goalpost, right? So today that yogurt is shamed for being quote unquote, all chemicals and not enough protein, a heavy air quotes, right? But back then, which is only like 20 years ago, it was what you had to eat to quote unquote, lose weight and be happy and wear your bikini. But you buy that today and you're shamed by all of the food polices on all of the platforms for making a horrible choice for your body. And it's like this constant repackaging of the same message that just keeps you a customer. And I just like, I was like, wow, like that is just the perfect example of it, right? It's crazy. Yeah, it's so frustrating to see that stuff. It's just, and and the negative impact it's having on everybody, men, women, children. Children. it's, It's just, it's appalling. Well, I think that brings a perfect segue into you and what you do. So tell our audience a little bit more about you, how you became the leader in the men's intuitive eating space, any personal connection you have to this message and passion about this transition that you kind of hinted at already. Um, We love a hero's journey story. So take as much time as you would like to really set the stage for us. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I got into... I've always been active. I, I was a competitive rock climber in high school in my early 20s and then kind of got away from being very active for a few years there when I started having kids, married, working two jobs, that whole kind of thing where it's just you know kind of normal life things. And then got the scare that my cholesterol was a little high. My dad had had his first heart attack at 36. And so it's it's always been something in the back of my mind. So I thought, I need to do something. So I started karate. And as is customary for me, I decided to start competing because I, I love competition and stuff. So did that for a few years until I got a neck injury. Um, but uh, through that process, uh, just getting more excited about moving again, because it had been a few years since I'd been doing any kind of athletic stuff. And just you know, here and there, getting into weight training and cycling and just different things. And then I just really started getting very interested in kind of taking it to another level and doing it at at a professional level. And so um, got my personal training certification, nutrition qualification, and went through. And and both of those are very good programs and learned a ton. But of course, it's the same thing that dietetics does, which is is weight is one of the key factors and key determinants of what makes a person healthy. If you're, uh, you know, that fortunately the nutrition program that I went through was not big on like BMI. I mean, everybody in the program is BMI's BS and this whole kind of thing, but you should still be pretty lean and, you know, and, and so we're just going to call it something else. (laughs) Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's still very, very much weight centered. And that was the goal was to help people to lose weight and keep it off and that kind of a thing. And so um, I've always taken a much more general approach just based on how I was raised, my family history. Um, you know, my dad was the most amazing role model, my mom also. And so I never grew up with this like hardcore, like go big or go home kind of mentality. So I, I always took a softer approach with people anyway in the weight loss thing. And they would lose weight, but then they'd come back on. And you know, it was a very compassionate kind of a thing. But as I did that, 
um, you started to see the problems with it. Well, one of the interesting things, taking a step back into my nutrition qualification was I wanted to do, I got really passionate about working with entire families. So the, the parents and the kids, knowing that uh, in my past work as like a children's pastor, camp counselor, camp director also. Um, so I've done a lot of different things over the years. Um, I realized the importance of families and 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 the whole unit kind of working together. And so I thought, hey, that'd be great, you know. Um, well, in that, I got exposed to Ellen Satter's work. Hmm. So as I was still doing this fat loss coaching, I was also learning much more about weight neutral approaches through Ellen Satter's work. And then through that process, really just shifted completely away from a weight based approach to entirely weight neutral and found the intuitive eating framework and all of that stuff through the process. And that really resonated with me from a coaching perspective. And so I went all in with, with that and got my qualification under Evelyn Triboli and all of that good stuff. So anyway, that's kind of how I transitioned into it. And, um, and what I've initially, I started working with everybody, just whoever it was, it was predominantly women that came for help. But then I started thinking, you know, there isn't much out here for men. And I started trying to search and find some things. There just wasn't anything there. So I thought, hey, I'm going to try, I'm going to start this intuitive.eating.men Instagram account and just see if there's <laughs> interest that I think there there is, but let's just see what happens. And and uh, yeah, just tons of women came out of the woodwork. Oh my gosh, this is great. We need this. And for the men, you know, we were, they only work with women. They understand the need for getting guys on board with it, that there isn't much in there. And that kind of thing. And just to, to give you an idea, within a, two or three months of it, if you search for intuitive eating for men, my Instagram account comes up at the top of the Google list, which That's is amazing. pathetic, really, because no, I haven't done amazing. anything. I mean, I'm glad it does, but it shouldn't based on, you would think that it would be at least more popular well, than that I that yeah. knew I'd be somewhere down there. But anyway, that was going to be something that I said. I mean, I think when I started my own practice in the more in the weight neutral space, like my entire branding, and I'm trying to transition it away from that because of what I'm about to say, because of what you're saying. Um, but it's a slow process because I'm not a web designer, but it was all like bright pink, right? Because it's like, this is for women. And you see a lot of like the weight neutral messages being promoted towards like, women and mm -hmm. um just like diet culture and how it impacts women and there's just not as much communications out there about men and the pressures that they feel for physical bodies in different ways um and i think that it just fills such a need but my question back to you would be because I have worked with quite a few men in the past in a weight neutral approach. However, their goals were always more so about like, am I eating enough because I work out so hard? And it's like, they're not going to tell me that they have a physical goal, like a aesthetic goal, but like in the back of my mind and heart, like I knew they did, but I was still going to make sure they were eating enough and like give mm -hmm. them that nutrition education. But do you find that it's harder for your male clients to admit is not the right word, but really like to come to this practice and this approach to nutrition and healing? Uh, it can be. Now to be, to, uh, yeah, my messaging is so much, is so weight neutral. Mm -hmm. So no guy who comes across my content is going to have any impression that I'm going to help them get a six pack. That's just not 
it's not in my messaging. I mean, my the front page of my website is very clear. I what I what my approach is. Yes, it doesn't mean that they're not hoping that they do, but but they know that. So it is probably a little bit skewed in the sense that the guys that are coming to me are the guys who are tired of dieting, mm. but at the same time, they do still tend to have that. And I think it's everybody. We have that tendency to to really hope that. Okay, I know that we're not going to focus on weight loss, but I really hope that this causes, you know, that that's what will happen. That's the outcome. Yeah. Right. And so, okay, I'm not going to focus on it, but that's what I want to happen. And, and it, yeah, so it, it is still definitely a, a big part of that. And I'd say that there is a little bit of a stereotype sometimes that guys are just concerned about being muscular and strong and that kind of thing. But then I, I think every guy that I'm working with right now wishes that they had less body fat. And they're o- very open about the fact that 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 they struggle with that um, that particular issue in their life. And I think one of the things that's cool about working with a guy too, just like women often resonate with with other women, they're more comfortable to open up about certain things that they might not. I have guys who we end up talking about sexual matters and different things like that that they just would not no. talk about with the, with a woman. And especially nothing against younger women, but some of the guys I'm working with are in their fifties and sixties. Yeah. They are not going to talk to a 25 year old uh, dietitian who's younger than their daughter about (laughs) that kind of thing. And and a lot of times those things are at the root of what they're struggling with. I was just going to say, it's also connected. And Sam and I have Mm -hmm. covered, you know, sexual health and body image and just comfortability with that aspect of your life when you're struggling with food in your body. And from a female perspective, like your sexual health is completely connected to your hormones, which is connected to your nutrition. And it's the same for men, just comes out in different ways. Jenna and I have talked about so many travel tips for your relationship with food, for how to pack clothes that fit comfortably. And all of that is so important. And I also want to share with you one of our favorite new obsessions that I've been loving for travel as well, which is Lumi. Now, Lumi's got your back and has you covered if you want to keep it fresh, keep it smelling good while you're traveling. And I was just recently in New York doing a news interview as well as a podcast interview And my favorite thing that I packed with me was my acidified deodorant wipes from Lumi. So before my interview, I was out doing a walk in Central Park. I was engaging in some joyful movement. It was a beautiful day. But, you know, after racking up a few miles, your girl smelled a little bit. And I think that's normal. And so what I love about Lumi's products is I brought it along with me. You can just wipe down your pits or anywhere. That's the amazing thing about their products. And it just, it helps keep you fresh. So I I do love Lumi's starter pack as well. It's perfect for anybody who hasn't tried it yet because it has their solid stick deodorant, their cream tube deodorant, and two free products of your choice, which their deodorant wipes is one of those. And that is my absolute favorite product and you get free shipping. So I highly recommend giving it a try. If you have a lot of summer travel coming up, even if you just have beach pool days, some sweaty days ahead, 
Lumi's got your back. So new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code FORK at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code FORK. So again, I want to say this one more time so you do not miss it. You get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code Fork at lumideodorant.com. That is L-U-M-E deodorant.com. And that equates to over 40% off that starter pack. One more time, lumideodorant.com and use code fork. That is F-O-R-K. So I've, I've personally never talked to a man about those things and (laughs) I'm in my late thirties, but I'm sure that doesn't even like help, um, as far as age wise and comfortability. So I think that's a huge point. And I was browsing your Instagram before we hopped on and one post that like really stood out to me because it's something that I preach often as well. And it seemed it like really the way you said it really struck me. So I have it over here, but I would love for you to expand on just like this message. But when your goals are primarily aesthetic, you have something you can easily obsess over and check every waking moment. And so that's obviously about like the fitness connection in addition, obviously to nutrition and wellness. But I love the way that you said that. And I don't think people truly understand the impact that being able to easily obsess and check every single minute of the day, like the access to that obsession, like how that really impacts their overarching health. So my question to you would be, can we expand on that message? And also, how do we shift a focus for specifically men, but also females listening? Um, How can we shift the focus from aesthetic to health when it comes to that mindset? Yeah, I mean that's a great question. It's it's really difficult too. I mean, I was literally just having a conversation with a client, uh, you know, an hour ago about this stuff that uh, you know, a client who's struggling with still wanting to lose weight and still, you know, they know that it's not served them well, but they still are like, I'm not happy in my body, and and uh, but yeah, it's it's so easy to to get obsessed with that when your your body's there all the time it's with you 24 hours a day. And so it's so easy to obsess over it. And there's reflections when you walk by a car window or, or a store window or the bathroom mirror or at home, or when you get out of the shower. And so there's like 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I guess, except when you're sleeping, but you have access to look at your body and judge it. And it's in different light and that kind of so many different things. And when you're, when you are focused on the aesthetics or the size of your body as your primary outcome, then it's so easy to just get wrapped up in that and think about it constantly and constantly. And it snowballs. It really does. And what I find is that if I can help guys to start to uh, unsnowball it, basically start to do that less. And at, at first it can be very awkward because it's intentional, like, it feels kind of robotic in a sense, but as you start to do that and do that less and less, then it becomes less and less of an issue. You know, as you catch yourself, instead of saying, oh, I shouldn't be looking at myself in the mirror like that, just reminding yourself, hey, that's not serving my purposes. And then even reminding yourself of of the gains that you have been making in the gym, if that's what you're doing, or um, the improvements that you've been making in your job as a father or a husband or 
or uh, at work, you know, maybe you got a promotion or something, reminding yourself of these things that are tangible kinds of things that you can shift your focus on away from constantly thinking about your body. I mean, obviously it's not healthy to never look at yourself in the mirror, be out of like out of a fear or anything like that. But at the same time, it's not healthy to do that all the time either. I think that's such a great point. And like, like you just said, and in your post too, I was just rereading it. It says, if you, when your goals instead are based on strength, performance, how your body feels, Mm -hmm. health markers, enjoyment, you have less opportunities to quote unquote, check your progress versus like, I always, this is, I take that same message. And when I try and explain this to clients, I always say, if every decision that you make about what you eat and how, and when you move, which is many decisions of your day, if every single one of those decisions is connected to a, will this change my body? Mm -hmm. Like, how are we ever going to get anywhere? Like you're just literally layering inflammatory response on top of inflammatory response all day long inside your bodies. And it's like your body, something I told someone the other day is like, if we can start really focusing on the fact that every that our body's responses are so deeply rooted in trying to protect us. Like we can really start to connect that with these goals of like, how can I protect my body and also improve my strength? Because what a great goal that is, right? Like there are so many health benefits to that across the life cycle versus I always use myself as an example. Like when I looked quote unquote, the healthiest version of myself, I was the least healthiest version of myself and Mm -hmm. stupid fucking Instagram has those like memories tabs now. And it's like pulling five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago on my Instagram page when I was like, clearly not healed. (laughs) And I'm like, these need to go away. Like I've had enough of these memories. I have to somehow get these off because, you know, I look at that and I'm like, I remember being so unhappy with myself and continuously chasing those aesthetic goals. And now I can see with like clear eyes, like how just unhealthy that, that entire like state of being really was. So that was such a great message. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, well, I, I couldn't agree more because I used to do a bodybuilding type mm. of, a, of structure around my training, and it was fun for a couple of years. But then it start, I just started getting tired of it because, and and there was a lot of, of that obsession. I do ninja stuff now, what ninja obstacle course <laughs> stuff, and it's just so fun because it's everything is like an objective thing that I have some control over. You know, I can do this cliche from a bar to a ring now, or I can go up the warp wall or I can walk across this thing and, and I can work on that. And I can do that regardless of what my body looks like. And, and that kind of thing, it has a, it, I, I just can't wait to go do it each week. It's, it's a very playful feeling. And, you know, the way you were talking there and, and it reminded me of, um, yeah, I started recently working with an organization called be real USA and they're um, all about spreading body confidence uh, mm. across the country in schools. And one of the cool things in their training that, that that just made me think of was this thing they call a mind share continuum. I wish I had the image up here, but it's basically it's like five heads and one head has a little bit of, of it filled up. And then the next one has a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And the idea is that when we fill up our minds with all of these other things like this constant body checking, constantly thinking about food, constantly thinking about these other things, 
our head, our, our mind only has enough space to deal with, a, you know, X number of things over the course mm. of the day, you know, especially people that have things like chronic fatigue and, and you know, talking about spoon theory, that's, you only have a certain number of spoons that you, that you have each day. But, um, but this mind share continuum is interesting because it, when it's filled up with all that other stuff, it pushes out the other aspects mm. of your life. And, um, and then you're just, you're just limited on what you can do as a, as a person. And totally. it's, so it's not healthy. It's harmful. It's not beneficial. Yeah. I think I love what you said too, about being the movement, being playful. Cause I think a common misconception and listen, everybody is going to have a different relationship to movement and healing process for their mm -hmm. movement relationship. But I think a common misconception in the weight neutral space is that you can't enjoy fitness and we can call it fitness versus movement. Even like there is space to enjoy the challenge and the strength and the way it makes you feel mm -hmm. when you've untangled, like what that relationship maybe used to mean to you and how it can mean for your future. And I always go back to this example because I saw a post semi recently that just like has clearly stuck with me. And it was like this man talking about how, you know, he is deadlifting like pretty heavy and he's like, you know, in a gym and like a box gym type setting. And he said, I used to work out to like deadlift, you know, for my butt or like whatever the post was. And he was like, now, you know, after experiencing like my grandfather falling and not being able to get up, like my motivation is to deadlift or whatever the move was. So that if that happens to me in the future, I have more of an opportunity to get myself up from that. And mm -hmm. I think like, that's like such a powerful an incredibly like eye-opening reminder of like a true and valid reason to move your body with flexibility without except instead of rigidity which mm -hmm. a bodybuilding you know past i'm sure you know the rigidity of that and like you know following a person i love personal trainers this is nothing against personal trainers but when a personal trainer gives like a plan that you have to it's kind of like a dietitian giving a meal plan mm -hmm. like when all you know is following that plan and you can't break it and there's no flexibility because the outcome is a bigger butt or whatever it is you know there's no space for understanding the longevity of the impact of your choices. And there's no space for enjoying the movement and like being playful or like going to a dance class or mm -hmm. whatever it is. So I love that you brought that up. And I don't want to just like drop this topic, but before our time runs out, I do want to hear two more things from you. And I think um, I saw this on your paperwork and I just think, it's also, especially with like the rise of almond moms, heavy air quotes being like the big hashtag on social media, dads, how come they're getting like off scot-free when they also have a relationship to food that impacts their children, right? And I do think more yeah. and more people are talking about like, you know, how it's almond mom is like the name, but you know, this is obviously anybody who has impacted your relationship with food, but from a male perspective, the impact that the man in a child's life, father or father figure, how does that 
de- impact a developing child um, and their relationship with food and body and intentional weight loss, et cetera. Um, how does that play a role when feeding children? Yeah, I mean, it's it plays a huge role. And I do, I think it's it's awful that men get off scot-free on that. Right? Reminds, <laughs> There's reminds no of, I'm and dad hashtag. No, and they should be because we should be held you just start as accountable. It. Yeah. <laughs> Come up with something something more creative. I'll have to think of that. I'm not on, on TikTok yet. So Don't save uh, yourself. Don't if your join. listeners are, are are just listening and not watching, I'm I'm fifty one. So TikTok TikTok was a stretch for me, even though TikTok I, is I a scary through. place. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> but um but yeah, it's it's uh it's really unfortunate that that guys get off scot-free on that and that we're not holding them accountable to that reminds me of my late wife so my first wife and i were married 15 years and she died in 2010 mm-hmm. but she used to go to this mom's um, book club with some of her friends and they started the book club at it, it started at like nine o'clock at night and i asked her one time why did you guys start so late and they said well our friends have to put their kids to bed before we can have our book club and i said but they're all married and they're like, yeah, but they they have to put the kids to bed before they can leave. Or they'll they make comments like my husband's babysitting the kids tonight. Oh God. And it's like just, a knife in my heart. <laughs> yeah. And it, that whole mentality is just it, it, and and it's not it's not all men, because women are are 100%. perpetuating that that mentality also. Mm-hmm. And either having low expectations or having certain expectations that things go a certain way where the guys just sort of give up and they're like, what, you know, I can't do yes. it right anyway. So I'm not going to bother uh, that kind of thing. But anyway, I think that, that that whole thing is, is it's a big problem, but men have a huge role to play in the lives of their kids. So with their sons, they're teaching their sons how to be men later, how to treat women, how to think about their own bodies, how to comment on, well, how to not comment not. on other, right. I should say, <laughs> how to not comment on other women or on women's <laughs> bodies. Um, for their daughters, they are modeling what their daughters should look for in a partner, a spouse down the road at some point, you know, um, and and that kind of a thing. And so, we have a huge role to play. And if we are disconnected, unemotional, our sons are going to think that that's what a man is supposed to do. Mm. And our daughters are going to think that that's how a, you know, how their husband someday is, is going to be and that that's just the way it is and all of that kind of thing. And then the the same thing when, if, if we're not talking about our relationship with food or we're not playing an active role in the feeding relationship, they're going to assume that that's a woman's job, which mm. most men do, unfortunately. And it's, it's sad that that's the case. Uh, and, and it just it just perpetuates this problem that's already ingrained. And so, you know, one of the big things that that I've, I've been really trying to do is not only reach men with this message about the importance of it, but also the importance of targeting men with this message of weight neutral, non-dieting, intuitive eating, whether they embrace it or not, but helping them to at least understand it and understand where it's coming from. And I think that that's something that's super important for any of the women listening out there. It, it, maybe try targeting some men a little bit more with the messaging because 
the more we can get men on board with this idea as well, it's going to help with that change that so many women have been trying to to get rolling in our culture and our society. You know, if we're just targeting the women, that's that's only half the and that's only half the equation. It's so true. And I love everything that you just said. And something that came up for me is, you know, I feel like this message misses men so often because of the marketing of it. And like, I have a two-year-old son and my husband has, he would say he has a great relationship with food. I see some flaws, but whatever. I'm not his dietitian. Um, But, you know, even just in the way that we raise our son and like at the dinner table or meal table, like, if my son wants a cookie with his meal, like I'm happy to put it on the plate with everything else. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'll resist. And I'm like, no, like, let me explain this to you again. <laughs> like how many times have we had this conversation, but it's not the way he was raised. Mm-hmm. It's not the message that he sees. I mean, and he does see some great messages on social now because, you know, of people that I've made him follow, but I think it misses the male social feed or for you pages Mm -hmm. or explore pages so much more often. Um, And I love that you're, again, I love that you're changing that. And I think, you know, parents being on the same page about everything when it comes to parenting is super important. But -hmm. when it comes to food, I mean, being on the same page and portraying the same example of health and wellness and success is, is really imperative. Um, And I appreciate the work that you are doing so, so, so much. So my final question is if you could give one or two like rapid fire tips um, for how to support your partner on an intuitive eating journey, what would that be? Yeah. So I actually put together a webinar for this that, oh, awesome. that, that I do have available and it's specifically it's aimed at, it's for everybody, but honestly, it's aimed at the, the guys who yeah. who have women who are doing this and they're like, I want to be supportive, like good guys who genuinely want to support, but they don't know how. And they're like, I'm still going to count my macros. I'm still training this way because it doesn't bother me. It doesn't. I'm, I feel fine, supposedly. <laughs> right. yeah, whether they do or not, that's that's a whole other story. But um, but yeah, so helping them to at least understand why they're talking this way, why they started crying when you said this, why they got upset when you said this, you know, that kind of a thing. And so, um, you know, one of the, one of the big ones is ask them what you should avoid saying and doing, Mm. just ask them. And hopefully, (laughs) hopefully the response will actually be a genuine response. Like, yeah, please avoid this and please avoid that. Cause a lot of us guys, I'm one of them like very specific things. It's like, well, tell me what to do or not to do. Like, okay. If, don't expect me to figure it out, although we should. At some point, we should be able to have the emotional intelligence to do that. But sometimes it can be really helpful to just be really specific. And and uh, so, you know, ask. And then um, asking about and honoring boundaries. I think that's a, a really good, important thing. So if you're trying to support somebody in that, ask them that, what their boundaries are in this area. They may have some that they just, some things they don't want to talk to you about. They're talking to a therapist about, or their mm-hmm. girlfriends who understand them or their guy friends who understand them. Um, oh, and then yeah. you know, another one I, is, that I think comes up a lot is being dismissive. If it sounds silly to you, it's like, no, that's not a, yeah, that's, that's not, not a thing. thing. Sensitive. <laughs> yeah. And, th- but that goes for guys too. Cause you know, guys, 
often deal with, I was watching a comedian just this morning on TikTok. See, um, you're on yeah, there. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm on, I scrolled through a little bit. But yeah, he was he was making a joke about how, you know, back in my day, because he's an older guy and, you know, everybody had a nickname and it was something about the body part. And so he's, you know, joking about the kid who lost his one eye and his name was Amo or Amer. Um, and another guy who had a shorter arm than the other one, his nickname was Clock because he did this. And it was, you know, this whole thing that he was going through. And the whole idea was that, yeah, that's just how guys have always been. Right. But a lot of guys are afraid to say that really hurts my feelings. And they, you know, the self-deprecating humor. And I think that's a lot of, of what goes on with guys. And so this idea of not being dismissive, I think can be really hard for guys because we're, we're sort of taught and trained to be dismissive of mm. feelings and emotions. And so when they come from, you know, the, the women in our life or, or kids or sons or whatever, uh, that kind of a thing, it's very easy to just find ourselves dismissing that. So th those are three things I think that are, are big so ones. And, yeah. What really just came up for me is that how simple those things are. And like, that's the weight neutral space. Like our recommendations are always simple and it's the mm -hmm. simpler ones that actually matter and like make a difference when people actually follow through with them. But like people want to hear the, you know, elaborate, complicated seed cycling and period cycling and tracking, yeah. like all the BS and think that that makes better outcomes. But the reality is if you can simplify your communication and you can simplify your efforts, like the health outcomes are so freaking strong. So thank you for saying that. And thank you for also just reminding our audience and, you know, your audience as well, that women have thin ideals to live up to quote unquote per mm -hmm. diet culture, but so do men. Um, yeah, and they're just different and they're not, you know, spared from this message that is $72 billion and growing. It's just being portrayed differently. Um, and there's just different subsets of it. And it's super important for this message to reach all of them. So with that said, how can people find you? Where is the best place to find you? Anything else you want to share um, about how our listeners can follow along with your message? Yeah, sure. So I'm on Instagram at intuitive.eating.min. That's where I'm most active. Um, I do have a Facebook account, but it's boring. It's just me sharing memes with my family members and stuff. <laughs> so, um, As and it should then, be. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, and then I, my website is hopedrivesme.com. And there you can connect with, with my Instagram, or you can also find my intuitive eating course that I have, uh, I, a video-based course. I also have a men's support community for, um, for intuitive eating, and it's only 10 bucks a month. It's super cheap. And the guys get a, a weekly call with me, and they get interaction with the guys in the group. We don't have a Facebook group. We have my own social platform, so they don't even need an social media accounts. They can stay off that stuff because a lot of guys just don't like that. And so that's been really cool. Um, and then, um, yeah, so those are, those are kind of where you can connect with me and, and, um, I do really appreciate you bringing me on. I just have to say Gosh, that, 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 that you guys recognize the importance of this message being out there for men too, and, uh, giving us, giving us a platform to, to talk about some of these things. Cause so many men that I talk to, they really do struggle with the same things that the women 100%. are struggling with. It just manifests differently. And just last week, one of the guys in my group was sharing that he's been to countless groups over the years and it's all women. And he's like, mm -hmm. they're always welcoming to me, 
but I only get to go this deep that I can't go any deeper with them. They won't, they won't allow me any mm. deeper because it makes sense. I mean, right. it just, it's, it's not, and he was saying it's not against them. He's like, I totally get why I'm a guy, but, um, but right. yeah, there, there needs to be more for, for men no, out there. It's such a good point. And you've inspired me. And I know when Sam listens to this, she will feel the same that like we as a platform can do a better job of being more inclusive to men mm-hmm. and our whole purpose and you know mission is to be inclusive of all bodies but yeah our message is a lot of you know how your periods impact like you know your health and like that's not relatable to a man so um i so appreciate you taking the time to be here today and we can't wait to get this out to our audience for everybody listening, make sure that you follow Jeff's page and you send and share it to those in your life who need it um, or who would benefit from it. Sending gentle little reminders and nudges is always nice. And if you've enjoyed this episode or any episodes of what the actual Ford podcast that you've listened to, we would love for you to rate, review, subscribe, um, and hear us every Friday morning at 7 a.m. Jeff, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. So if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all of your friends and faves, and don't forget to rate and review and let us know what you want to hear more of. The more we hear from you, the more that we can make these episodes exactly what you want. We would also love to connect with you on Instagram at what the actual fork pod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you. We appreciate you. And we will see you next week for more fun.